Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are good to go. Uh, whether or not we have the correct link is another question. But uh, it is another day of NHL DFS. This is the NHL DFS strategy show from Osmo.com, presented by Superdraft. I'm joined by a special guest. You guys might remember him from, uh, what, five months ago? Michael Clifford, Slim, uh, Slim Cliffy. What's up, man? Uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, trying to get by on a day-to-day basis, I think, like most people. Uh, really, really thankful to have uh, hockey and baseball and basketball back on the TV because I was uh, starting to go a little bit stir crazy, you could say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was, I was that same way. Um, let's see if we can find out where we're streaming from. Uh, but yeah, um, do you want to talk about just your kind of general thoughts while I while I get this figured out? Your general thoughts on uh, you know playoff hockey like what are some of the differences we are, are going to see with this uh no fans or from the reporting aspect kind of give your thoughts on uh, what you've seen so far in the first couple of days yeah i i didn't know exactly what to expect i mean this is uncharted territory for everybody right like this is something that hasn't happened in a hundred years so um what exactly we're supposed to expect. I don't think anybody really knew, but what I saw from the first couple of days is that it seems pretty obvious that the teams that are in the play-ins and, you know, by that, I mean like Columbus to Toronto or Vancouver, Minnesota, like those kinds of teams that are trying to get to the final round of 16, they're playing these like playoff games and the teams that are playing for seeding, you know, today we have, uh, Dallas and Vegas on the slate, for example. Yesterday was Boston and Philly, Colorado and St. Louis. Um, those teams fighting for seeding, it really seems like they don't care. And I, it's kind of hard to blame them. Like, obviously, there are easier teams um, to play, um, you know, in the first round. If Montreal, something, you know, something happens, Montreal gets through Pittsburgh, um, you definitely want to play them over a team like Toronto. Uh, but at the same time, like if you're talking about two teams like uh, Minnesota and Nashville or Columbus and the Islanders, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. So I think te- the teams that are playing the round robins are playing them just to kind of get through them, get their legs under them, get a little bit of chemistry, make sure they don't get hurt. I think more than anything, um, you know, we've seen the injuries pile up over in baseball and that's what's going to happen when you shove guys back into a professional athletic setting um, after doing nothing for five months. Um, And I think teams are just going to, are trying to avoid that in the NHL. I mean, you watch, I watched the entire Boston Philly game in the first two periods of St. Louis, Colorado, and especially Boston Philly, like those teams you'd expect to, you know, you'd expect some fights, you'd expect some hard hits, you'd expect guys taking runs at each other, maybe some, deep cheap slashes and stuff like that there's none of that like these they it was kind of like it was a gentleman's agreement not to injure each other to make sure everybody can make it to the second round i think that's pretty important uh to note now obviously this is we're talking about a sample size of a handful of games um but at the same time i think you kind of have to take those chances um in dfs this spring like i said because this is uncharted territory for anybody I just don't see why you wouldn't take a chance like that if you think you have an edge just to go in that direction because finding edges in hockey is hard. I mean, a lot most people are working with uh, relatively the same information. I mean, it's kind of the same in all sports, but, um, you know, especially where 
in the NHL, one of the edges would be information from the media because before the quarantine, you'd have to dig through tons of media reports and articles and you go to the team website, you go to the NHL.com website, you go to the athletic, you go to the OC register, you go to the Miami Herald, you go, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in the bubble, it's just the team PR. Like they're going to tell you who's in, who's out, who's injured, who's not. They're not going to tell you what the injury is or how long they're going to be out. Um, so that edge is gone. So I, I feel like uh, if you want to avoid, not necessarily avoid the teams that are doing the round robin seedings today, we have Washington, Tampa and Dallas, Vegas. Um, not necessarily that you have to avoid them, but I wouldn't like be going gung ho saying, oh my God, this is, you know, a great matchup. I have to have 50% of this guy or I have to have 60% of this guy or I have to have 75% of this goalie. Like I just wouldn't be doing that. Um, especially with those round robin, those round robin matchups, like I said, because you know maybe something changes in games two or game three or whatever as they move along, but it certainly seemed in the first games that these teams really had no interest uh, in playing at a hundred percent like the playing teams did. Yeah, and that's something you know we'll get a, a few more games of a sample, but if you can react to that um, pretty early, like you know if you're onto something there, and you can kind of avoid most of the parts of the games that are the, the round robin games and not the ones that um, not that the round robins game round robin games don't matter, but they matter a little bit less because all those guys need to stay healthy for next week when they start the, uh, the normal 16 team playoff, like those teams, it's not winner go home. Um, and it's not a dire situation. So, um, you know, always nice to, uh, to get your thoughts on something like that. Um, because you know, from a real life hockey perspective, um, things are just going to be different as well, and that can help us with DFS. Um, so, it's been a fir- it's been a it's been a good first couple days. Um, hopefully, hopefully we can uh, continue this trend. And I think I got the streaming figured out, so we're good to go there. Welcome everybody again. If you're just tuning in. Uh, this is the NHL DFS strategy show. I will get the stream figured out tomorrow. I, we keep going to the wrong spot. So uh, thanks for bearing with us as we uh, come back from a long sports hiatus. Um, we are presented by Superdraft. Been having some fun playing some NHL DFS over there. You can use promo code AWESOMO10 to get uh, 10 bucks in Superdraft cash. You can use that for DFS. Uh, if you don't like uh, salary caps, you just want to play all your favorite players. Superdraft is a great place to do that, and they had a ton of overlay um, over the last couple days. So the contests are a little bit smaller, but still appealing if you're trying to build the bankroll. Um, you know, they, they do the multiplier over there instead of salary. So you can literally, if you want to play McDavid, Dreisaitl, Clefbaum, Patrick Kane, and whoever else, you, you certainly can, but um, the playing field gets even uh, pretty easily if you get a guy with a one and a half or 1.75 multiplier um, and he scores a goal. So I really like playing over there. I'm using FC to do it. It's pretty easy. Uh, I've been using the the uh, projections for DraftKings and FanDuel and then on FC you can just uh, use the multiplier as well. So pretty low maintenance, but it's a good place to play. So go support Super Draft. We've also got... Uh, well, that's the cheat sheet for today. That's always free if you want to go check that out. Uh, Alex's player and stack uh, rankings are the free piece of premium content for today. So I will drop this link in chat, and then we'll get started on uh, this five-game slate we got. All right, here we go. Here is the link to the player and stack rankings. You can use those. Uh, those are behind the paywall, obviously. And then one more thing before we get started, promo code NHL is back is how you get 50% off your first month of uh, NHL monthly. So if you're looking to join us for the next few months, um, this kind of sprint to the end of the season, uh, promo code NHL is back. will get you half off the first month. Pretty good deal. Let's get into it. Uh, I've got the lineup builder pulled up here. Let's go with Jets and Flames. This one will lock at 2.30 Eastern on DK. The lock times are a little bit different on DraftKings and FanDuel and then at Superdraft as well. So Superdraft is locking at 4 Eastern, I believe. 
Yep, four Eastern, three my time. Uh, DK will lock at one thirty my time, two thirty Eastern, and then FanDuel is locking uh, at the start of this uh, Vegas game. At least their main slate, so they're locking at six thirty Eastern. I'm not exactly sure why, but a uh, bunch of different lock times over here. Uh, and all of them will include the Edmonton-Chicago game. So that's kind of the main event. That is the last game of the night, the one everyone's excited for. Um, Connor Hellebuck, Cam Talbot in the first game, 2.5 implied total for the Jets, 3 for the Flames. Um, Flames took game 1, got down early. There were a couple injuries on the Jets' side. Shifley and Line are kind of questionable here. So not exactly sure what's going on with them this moment, but we should know before lock. Um, and you should be able to recrunch or redo some of your lineups depending on how you build um, prior to um, the slate locking, which is good news. So it's good that this is the first game. Um, just be be willing and, and able to swap at lock um, no matter what stakes you're playing at. I think late swap is going to be huge for this slate. It's going to be huge for all these first few slates. Um, at least in the qualifying round. And uh, I've already seen it pay off a couple times with uh, the Kubalik uh, thing on uh, Saturday. Had a, had a couple goals, a bunch of points. He, I think he was the highest scoring player on DK. So just be aware of, uh, of late swap. I think in general you should change line combinations, all else being equal, um, to get unique. But um, that's just how I try to approach it when I can. Anyways, Backlund, Kachuk, Manjipani, probably going to see the most time against Wheeler and Connor if they're together. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen if they're split up and Shifley and Line Air out. But what are your overall thoughts on this game for DFS here, Clippy? I mean, it, it seems pretty likely that, I mean, even with Chicago and Edmonton on the slate, it seems reasonable to assume that Calgary is going to be the, the Calgary one is going to be the highest online on the slate, right? Um, I think we have our projections have the top line plus Giordano as the four highest owned players. So I like, I can't disagree with that. Right. Like Winnipeg is with, even with Shifley and line a in the lineup and Shifley, you could argue is their only NHL caliber center as it is. Even with Shifley and line a in the lineup, this is a God awful defensive team, like terrible bottom three, bottom five, and almost every category in the league. Um, you take the, like I said, you take the only NHL caliber center out. Um, it's still hockey. Anything can happen. It's just really hard to see how they win this game without Hellebuck putting up 40 saves. So I think, you know, on the Winnipeg side of things, obviously I love Hellebuck in this game. One, um, he's cheap. Uh, two, he should see a ton of volume. I mean, Calgary's not a team that we normally rely on for a lot of volume, but um, like I said, Winnipeg allows a lot of shots and without Shifley in there, it's, it's just going to make matters worse. So, um, Hellebuck is a favorite goalie of mine on the slate. I do love that Calgary second line. Um, it was, it had been a bad line most of the year until Manjapani joined it. I want to say after Christmas, but again, like what happened seven, eight months ago, I don't really remember. Um, but after you joined that line, like their numbers improved drastically um, and it eventually got to a point where, you know, the, I, I guess you wouldn't say they are better than their top line. So, um, yeah, they might take the tough matchup, quote unquote, um, you know, whether it's Wheeler and Perot and Ehlers or, or whatever. Um, but it doesn't really matter in the matchup on this game. I really don't think it matters. Um, I'd tr I'm going to try to avoid the ownership, so I'm going to load up mostly. The way I'm attacking it is this. I do have some Hellebuck. Um, I have some Calgary 2. And then just full-on Calgary power play stacks. I don't have much for just Calgary 1. Just that line. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I, I almost everything I have with them has either one of Kachuk or Gustafson, if not both of them. So it's kind of where I'm going with this game. I don't have a ton of interest on the Winnipeg side. Ehlers is a guy I wouldn't mind one-offing. Like if him or cop, honestly, because I think, you know, and Wheeler and Connor are going to get any ownership that's going to be there. I could see Ehlers and cop both at one, 2%, if not less, um, especially cop. 
And they're both not bad players. And Ehlers especially is good enough to create a goal on his own. And he might have to do that depending on who's in the lineup. So I have a couple of one-off Ehlers. Uh, I do like Hellebuck. I'm mostly on Calgary tube or the Calgary power play in this game. Yeah, I think I'm with you on most of that. I, I like the one-off Ehlers call. We'll see if these lines are correct for Winnipeg. Again, get in Slack if you're not and you have a membership. Uh, it's really valuable, yeah. especially for NHL. Yeah, I hate to cut you off. I just want to mention that um, if we do get a line of like Ehlers, Connor, and uh, Wheeler. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad, unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Like, that'd be something I would play. Three wings, uh, like, two. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so don't, you know, don't just X out the Jets completely and say, you know, I'm not going to play Winnipeg today. Winnipeg's completely pushed out of mind. Don't do that. Let At least wait to see what the what the warm-up's going to look like. Let's see who's in. Let's see who's out. Because if they do stack a top line, like, let's say Liney's healthy and it's Wheeler, Connor, Liney. Let's say Liney's out and it's Wheeler, Connor, Ehlers. It doesn't matter which one it is. If they only have three good healthy forwards left and they put them all on the same line, I'm probably going to play that line because they're going to be single-digit percentage, probably under 5%. Yeah, and I mean, the individual percentages, like people might play Ehlers one-offs, they might play Wheeler one-offs, or you know, two-mans with Wheeler-Connor, but the individual, like the ownership as a whole for a brand-new combination is always so low, even if it's the first yeah. game of the slate. So just be willing to react. Like You could play and- 5% of that line, if yeah, it's the one that's, you're suggesting and yeah, you have that, three times the field. That's the thing I wanted to mention too, is that you don't need to go out and run 30% Winnipeg one if they stack that line. You can go out and, and go 5% and probably be overweight on, on the field. So you don't need to go hog wild. But if they do stack the top line, I would definitely have a share or two of them. Yeah. Uh, on the Calgary side, like they're popular, as you mentioned, but I think for good reason. Although I, I think I'm going to be over on the second line uh, and then under on the top line. So still probably going to be in double digits on both. But looking at how my exposures are shaping up right now with the ownership projections on the site, um, I don't think there's a big difference between the lines. I, I get that you get full power play correlation on the top unit, uh, the top line, and you know that's attractive to a lot of people. Um, but I think the second line is arguably better at 5-on-5, five five, and they're both going to play a bunch, so... Just going with the under own uh, Calgary two is what I like. Um, do we know that? And apologies if you mentioned this. Do we know the situation with the power play for uh, Geo and Gustafson? Is it actually going to be Gustafson on top power play? I mean, he was all last game. Okay. So I'm I'm assuming it's going to be the same. Um, I mean, I our our our. Uh, ownership isn't super high on, on Gustafson, but I imagine he's going to end up, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of Gojo and Monaghan and all them. Yeah. Um, one final thing I wanted to mention on Calgary is when they get to empty net situations, um, they and they have to defend. Uh, Lindholm sits on the bench and Kachuk gets on the ice. Nice. So um, that's another reason why even in my Calgary, whatever Calgary one stacks I have, almost all of them have Kachuk is because he plays with them on the power play and he plays with them with the empty net. Um, that's just too many good scoring opportunities to pass up to leave him off that stack. Yeah, love it. Um, I, I really, really like Calgary here. Everyone does. So not saying anything crazy. I don't think you need to go below the second line uh, with Belon Lucic and Sam Bennett and those kind of cats. No, I, and, but I wouldn't, you know, if you want a one-off Dubé or something like that, um, cause you need a cheap guy and that should Calgary should put up some goals. Like I have no problem with that. I wouldn't outright stack the line as a threesome though. Agreed. Um, we're probably done with this game. Uh, you kind of mentioned Hellebuck, uh, and you alluded to his upside. 7100 bucks here. He's probably one of the higher upside goalies. If Winnipeg wins this game, he's uh, pretty likely going to get the 35 save bonus. And if he somehow pulls a shutout, you, you might um, you might really, really need Hellebuck to compete in this slate. Yeah, and don't forget uh, with the overtime rules, the round-robin games do the regu- have the regular season overtime rules, which means three-on-three three three and then a shootout. 
Um, the playing games don't. They're continuous five on five. So teams like uh, Winnipeg, Calgary, Chicago, Edmonton, in theory, their goalies have much higher upside than anybody from Dallas or Vegas or Tampa or Washington because they could go two overtimes, three overtimes or whatever and pile up 50, 50 saves or 55 saves or whatever. So just keep that in mind when you're picking your goalies. All right, let's go to the Capitals and the Lightning. This is a round-robin game. Uh, both these teams are going to live to fight another day no matter what happens over the next week. 2.9 implied total for the Caps, 3.2 for the Lightning. Holtby and Vasilevsky are your goalies. One piece of news that we did get a little bit earlier is that Steven Stamkos is out. Um, these lines on the screen, I'm not sure if they're confirmed, but this is kind of the best guess we've got. Point Palat and Kucherov. I know they skated uh, together in the last game some. And then Sorelli, Killorn, they were with Stamkos before. Uh, we've got Tyler Johnson in there, so double center on the second line. Uh, what are your thoughts on these Tampa Bay lines as far as what they're going to do without Stamkos? And then do you like anything on either side? Uh, um, I think I have one one-off Verana in 20 lineups, and that's all I have from Washington. Like I said, I these round robin teams, I just can't see them having a ton of interest uh, in playing. And Washington, I just don't think Washington's a good team in general. That wasn't a team that I played a lot during the season. I, I mean, I did obviously. It has Alex Ovechkin and Brana and a great power play. You're gonna and Carlson. You're gonna play those guys, um, but they're not a team that I'd avoid. They're a hundred percent a team I would stack against. Um, the line of Wilson, Kuznetsov, and Ovechkin is atrocious. Like brutal like i'm talking 44 percent uh shot attempt share like 43 percent expected goal share like 43 percent goal share like whether you talk about what is expected to happen with expected goals or what actually happened with actual goals they just got throttled all year long and i like if point kutroff and plot go up against them even in what is a nothing game they should roll them yeah. you know what i mean like point plot they, people, they, uh, I shouldn't say people, someone might think that just because Stamkos isn't on that line that it's not nearly as good of a line anymore, where the Kucherov point plot line is just absurdly talented. Um, they're my, like, they're my, of the four playing, I think there's only four round robin teams. Yeah, four round robin teams today playing. Tampa Bay is the only one I have any exposure to. So I'll say that much. Um like I said, Ovechkin, Wilson, and Kuznetsov are terrible defensively. Um, 2.8 expected goals against uh, per 60 minutes. I think the league average is somewhere is like 2.26. Mm -hmm. so, like, they're nowhere close. Um, and Braden Holby is starting. Like, they're stuck with Holby because Samsonov's not even, even in Toronto. I don't even know who – is it Landon Bowe is the backup, or is that the guy in Dallas? Anyways, it doesn't even matter. Jake um, – like Holby's been bad for two or three years now. That well, Kuznetsov Wilson Ovechkin line is bad. I'm uh, like I said at the top of the show. I'm not gung ho on stacking teams in the round robin games, and I'm not. Like I said, I have no Washington. I have, we're going to get to Dallas Vegas later. I have no Dallas. I have no Vegas. Um, but I do have a lot of the point uh, Kucherov plot line because this is just an unbelievably good matchup for them. Um, you know, we saw them throttle a bad defensive team in Florida in their one exhibition game last Wednesday or whatever it was. Uh, so at least we know they can put up goals against a bad defensive team. This is just another bad defensive team. So I'm going to have quite a bit um, of that Tampa Bay top line. Yeah. Top line, top power play. I mean, you take out Stamco, so that's a little bit of a downgrade <clears throat> downgrade, obviously on the power play, but that opens up uh, whether it's going to be Johnson or someone else uh, getting top power play time. So I like the full stack still makes it cheaper. Um, and it makes my decision a little bit easier as far as what I want to do with Tampa. So top line, top power play. They're not my highest owned stack, but if their ownership sticks to where it's at right now, um, for Point and Kucherov especially, uh, I'm probably going to be around double the field or so, um, even playing a spread out approach. Not crazy about the caps here. I'm almost never crazy about the caps. Um, they're just, they don't have a ton to play for, like you mentioned. Uh, and there's not really a matchup that I love. If Kuznetsov, Ovi, and Wilson do get the point line, I think they're going to have a very, very, very tough time 
Um, yeah, and I mean, I do like the Backstrom, Oshi, Vrana line, just generally speaking. Um, but Backstrom, you know, you're probably relying on three assists from him to get to really reach uh, value for a GPP. And Vrana doesn't play on the power play with them. So, you know, it's one of those things where if I was going to stack the, you know, the Backstrom, Oshi, Vrana line, I'd probably add Ovechkin and Carlson and just make it a full power play stack. Because, if you know, if they put up four or five goals, they're not all going to be even strength goals. Um, they're going to have to get in on the power play. So if I was going to stack Washington, I'd lean to it towards the power play. But like I said, um, out of, in 20 lineups, I've won one off Vrana, and that's all I have from the Cavs. Vasilevsky at 7,800, probably not going to see a ton of volume. Um, that's the only issue I have with him. I like to correlate goalies when I can. Uh, I don't know how much Vasilevsky I'm going to get to. Probably not uh, going to be too many of my Tampa stacks if I can avoid it here. Hedman at 6K, um, not a bad price, and especially if you are going with some sort of Tampa Bay 1 or Tampa Bay power play stack. Yeah, throw in, throw in Hedman when you can. Um, I've just got a couple guys uh, three guys actually that I like a little bit better than him. So Geo, I think uh, I, re I really like as a one-off, um, and then Shea Theodore and and Clef Bomb if they're um, assuming Theodore like Vegas doesn't pull their starters or something before the game, which could happen. It's probably going to happen in one of these round robin games. A bunch of guys just get late scratched. Um, I mean, you know, if a team goes 0-2 or something like that, and they get to the third game and they know yeah. they're seeding already, what would be the point, right? Like, that's definitely going to happen. Exactly. Um, all right. Let's move it on to... Oh, just one final oh, yeah. thing I want to mention. Sorry. Um, Carlson was a game-time decision. We expect him to play, John Carlson, because um, he practiced on Saturday. If, if for some reason, he doesn't, uh, Dmitry Orlov was running the second power play unit in their last game, so I'd expect he takes the top power play if Carlson doesn't play. 3500 bucks there for Orlov. Not too bad of a price. Uh, let's go to Dallas and Vegas. 2.7 implied total for the Stars. 3.1 for the Golden Knights. Uh, actually, really quick, uh, someone's saying in chat, Carlson's out. Is that uh, – unless that just happened now, I didn't see anything about that. I haven't seen anything. Um, I don't see it, but we'll just keep moving along, and if we find anything, if there's a source there, uh, then – we will uh, circle back to that. Okay. Bishop and Leonard, 2.7 implied goals for the Stars, 3.1 for the Knights here. No Pacioretty for the Golden Knights. I'm not sure. Well, something was going on with him when they were doing the second training camp, and then uh, he got hurt, I guess, in practice. Um, but anyways, Pacioretty's not going to play. Uh, they need him healthy for the next round. Anyways, this is another round-robin game. Um, anything you love here? I know you mentioned you're not crazy about the round robin teams, but uh, decent total I mean, here for Vegas, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I should probably explain it better than just saying I don't want to play round robin teams. Um, that's part of it, that's definitely part of it. Like, I truly believe that you know, these teams don't want to uh, go all out and potentially injure themselves, um, you know, just to play. Uh, the Islanders instead of Columbus or something, um, you know, Dallas and Vegas wouldn't play him, but you know what I mean? Um, but the thing with Dallas is that when Rick bonus took over, remember Jim, Mon I'm sure people probably forget. Cause it was, feels like a lifetime ago. Jim Montgomery was fired in December. Um, and Rick bonus was hired as, as the coach of the Dallas stars. After that point, the Dallas Stars were one of the slowest paced teams in the league. Now, the way I determine pace is adding shots attempts for plus shot attempts against per 60 minutes. Um, and you can do the same thing with expected goals for and against. So I looked after Christmas because I wanted to get uh, a recent snapshot, you know, just before the season ended, but also wanted to give, us, give them some time to acclimate under bonus. Uh, Dallas was 24th in pace tied for 24th in pace in the league after bonus took over tied with the Columbus blue jackets. This is, and if you look at their expected goals for and against after Rick bonus took over their 29th, they're just ahead of uh, Ottawa and uh, someone like Arizona, I believe. So this is legitimately one of the slower paced teams in the league and they're doing so on purpose. You know, this is a, 
drastic change from at least from early in the season what Montgomery was doing with them. Uh, what Montgomery was trying to get them to score more, play a little higher pace, um, you know, throw the puck around a little bit more in the offensive zone, things like that. Bonus isn't having any of that. Um, so he hurt, you know, he helped them defensively, which has helped them win games, but he's hurt them offensively. And all we care about for DFS is offense. We don't care how good that team is defensively. I don't care if they give up one goal a game for the entire playoff run. If they don't score four goals a game, I don't care what they do. That's just, you know, that's what we do with DFS. So, um, I have no interest in the Dallas Stars because... Seeing is believing. And you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung. More wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They play at such a slow pace, and uh, Vegas is the best defensive team in the league, if not one of the top three or five. So I'm just completely out on Dallas. Um, you know, if you want to do something crazy like a power play stack, you know, fine. I'm not going to say no, but I'm just completely out on the Dallas Stars for this. I don't I don't even care what their prices are. <clears throat> I know Radulov is like 4,200 or something like that, which is crazy considering he had back-to-back 70-point seasons. But I honestly can't even argue with that pricing because of how, what bonus has done to this team. He's just crippled them offensively. He's neutered their offense. Like, there's just nothing to get excited about in the offensive zone with this team. So I'm completely out on Dallas. But like I said, he's made them good defensively. So how high am I going to be on Vegas here? Um, you know, especially with Chandler Stevenson and Max Pacioretty spot. That doesn't really want to make me play that line. Drop down to the next line. Now you're worrying about broken power play correlations and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I, I think this just play that everything I see in this game just screams like one, one shootout two one overtime or something like that. I like, I just have no interest. Maybe once I start adjusting lineups, maybe I'll get to a one-off here or there, like a one-off Alex Tuck, I think might be fine or something like that. Um, other than that, I'm just completely out. Yeah. I mean, Dallas is really tough to get to, especially when you look at their projected ownership, um, so if it sticks anywhere above double digits, I'm probably out on Dallas for the most part outside of some like deep MME flyer lines, just because they're, they're cheap and that's what's making it look like they're going to be popular. Uh, but the matchup sucks, as you said, um, even without Pacioretty in the lineup, like got a lot of faith in Carlson stone, um, with Chandler Stevenson, uh, as their other guy on the line. And that's kind of a line that I'm getting to a little bit. People are probably going to leave off Stevenson. I know he's not great, but 3,200. If he can somehow chip in, um, Carlson and Stone probably going to be doing the majority of the scoring most often. But uh, he's under 3%, and I'm probably going to have more than 3% of that top line. The second line, um, I think they're okay as well. Uh, but they're getting a little bit more popular than uh, than the top line. So I just wanted to make sure. I was uh, pointing out what I was going to do with Vegas one here. It's a Vegas one on your screen. It depends on, you know, because Carlson, Patretti, Stone were Vegas two for a while on some lineup sites. Uh, but Vegas just has a really good top six. So whatever way you look at it, I like the Carlson line and, and the Stastny line to uh, to some extent. Um, and then I, I'm going to play a bunch of Shea Theodore at 6,300. We've got him. At pretty low ownership, so anytime that's the case, um, I'll, I'll play him for 6,300 a bunch here. Pricing looks to be pretty soft against the um, uh, across the board here. Alec Martinez was another guy I think I highlighted in the cheat sheets. Martinez or Schmidt, I mean, right next to each other in price, probably both going to get secondary power play time. Um, I like them both as uh, mid-tier D-men, and then. Surprised that Hiskinen is getting seven, eight percent ownership here. He's he's a guy that I might play a little bit of at forty two hundred. Just 
really talented. Uh, but I don't know that this game is going to suit his skill set or really that Dallas is going to suit his skill set with uh, how slow they're playing. So, Yeah, I mean, and I guess two guys I have written down from the Dallas side. One is Bishop, obviously. Um, you know, Dallas does play to a slow pace, but Vegas is one of the best teams in the league at generating shots. Um, so, you know, maybe Bishop could see 30 or 35 shots here in this game uh, against a Vegas team that seems to do pretty well against breaking through against top defenses. Um, and Steven Johns is the other guy. Um, may, people might not remember him. He missed, I think, two years with concussion problems. Mm-hmm. He came back not long um, before the break. This is a guy, He ta- he's a threat for the combo meal. We talk about the combo meal, which oh, yeah. is five five shots uh, to get the bonus, plus three blocks to get that bonus as well. Um, Johns isn't a huge volume shooter, but I think he's at like 1.6 or 1.7 per game um, with, you know, nearly two blocks per game. So at 3,400, you know, he's definitely a threat for the block bonus um, going up against Vegas, even though he's on the third pair. Um, Maybe he can sneak out a combo meal every once in a while. I don't know. But he's, yeah, him and Bishop are the two guys that I've circled from Dallas. Yeah. Hopefully Johns uh, doesn't get in a fight in one of his first games back, like Michael Furland. Um, I, I mean, yeah, that was stupid. And then I, there was somebody that got that got in a fight in 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 an ex in one of the exhibition games before even the play-in. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was and it was their last. It was the last game before the ex. And I'm just like, why are you fighting before the playoffs? It's, Anyways, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> That seemed like almost premeditated last night with Ferlin and Felino. Like, did they plan yeah, on there, that? Maybe, yeah, maybe there's something going on. Um, I, I like, I have no idea, but because um, Felino used to play in Buffalo, and if I'm not mistaken, yeah. and then uh, Ferlin was in Carolina, so maybe there's something that happened in the Eastern Conference. I don't know. All right, let's go to Montreal and Pittsburgh. 2.4 implied total for the Canadians, 3 for the Penguins. Carey Price and Matt Murray probably going to be your starters here. They started last game. Uh, both teams had a great chance to win. Montreal ended up stealing the game, quote-unquote, uh, on the road here. So Pittsburgh going to get last change. Uh, I don't think they're going to change too much in terms of their lineup. I would imagine their top six stays the same. Um Looking at the numbers, it's just one game, but they're going to see the same team, same matchups. Uh, Pittsburgh's top two lines played pretty well at 5-on-5. Ton of shot attempts for Crosby and Malkin, uh, power play, even strength. Um, So if you were on Pittsburgh last game, I wouldn't say you need to get off of them just because they they ended up losing. Price played pretty well. Um, But what are you doing here? with uh pittsburgh i think are you wearing a montreal canadians jersey there you go all right so uh take his advice with the grain of salt but what do you got in this game? <laughs> um well hey i thought pittsburgh was gonna sweep in three so um <laughs> can't call me a homer um so on this game uh one thing that we talked about um before we came on the air here was the ice time from the first game and the thing that stood out now, obviously, they went to overtime, um, pretty deep in overtime, I think. It was about halfway through the period, a little bit even more than that. Uh, Nick Suzuki, the rookie, led their forwards in ice time. Um, he had over 23 minutes, I believe. Uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, he was third on the team in ice time behind just uh, Shea Weber, or fourth on the team behind Shea Weber, Ben Schrod, and Jeff Petrie. Uh, so, you know, it seems pretty obvious that um, Suzuki is going to get a ton of run um, against the Penguins and they're going to play him all over the place, you know, on the power play, even strength, second line, fourth line, top line, you know, wherever um, there. It just seems they're trying to stuff him as many minutes as they can. And it's kind of hard to blame them. Um, like I like Phil Deneau a lot, um, but he's more of a defensive center. I like Max Domi a lot, um, but he's got real like serious defensive issues. Nick Suzuki is a dynamic offensive player and he's responsible in his own end. Like that's why they're playing him so much. And that's why he's so versatile all over the lineup. So um, Suzuki is a guy I love today as a one-off. He's one of my favorite one-offs on the entire slate. Um, just because, you know, he'll be, like I said, he'll be playing all over the place. He'll be on the power play. Um, you know, he could play 18, 19 minutes. And for a guy that's priced 
you know, at the 4K mark, a little under 4K, I believe. Um, that's just too cheap to pass up. The Pittsburgh side of things, you're right. They, like, I don't want to say Carey Price stole that game from Montreal, but Pittsburgh was a better team pretty much the entire game. Like, they deserved to win. Um, they just did, you know, obviously couldn't pull it out. Uh, that second line uh, with Rust and Malkin, like, I thought Malkin looked great. Like, that was one of the things I was worried about for Pittsburgh um, coming into the series because, you know, we've seen it from Malkin before. Like, when he's on his game, he's probably the best player in the world. Uh, when he's not, sometimes he can be a little bit of a liability. He was on his game in game one, and if he brings that again in game two, I don't know how they're going to keep him off the score sheet. So I have, uh, I do have quite a bit of Malkin and Rust. Um, mostly I'm just mixing and matching uh, with their power play uh, units, you know, um, Malkin, Rust, and Crosby, or Gensel, Malkin, and Crosby, or Crosby, Gensel, and Rust, um, you know, Latang, sneaking Latang in every once in a while. I'm pretty much just mixing and matching the top power play unit. Um, that's the direction I'm going to go with Pittsburgh on this slate. Uh, for, on the blue line, uh, Marino and Pedersen played a lot of minutes uh for pittsburgh like those two should play the most minutes just behind Latang, marino it seems like they really trust him to play almost you know almost any situation at any time um so he's he's not necessarily punt value like he's not a 2700 dollars defenseman or something but he's one of the cheaper guys i do like today um and I, I am going to have some shares of carry price because I think we're going to see kind of a repeat in this game where, where Pittsburgh puts up 35 shots or, you know, something like that. And, you know, hopefully price can get us a save bonus and, mm-hmm. and, you know, do, do right by us again here tonight. Do you have uh, one thing I was going to ask you about is the power play for Pittsburgh, obviously stacked top unit. I saw some lineup sites have Horn- Hornquist on top power play, but he didn't play there at all last game. And then I don't... is it going to be Rust? Or I think it was either Rust or Zucker was on it um, all game last game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why some spots have Hornquist, like you said, on the top unit. He didn't play there. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Zucker had the first two power plays or three in that game. And then Russ played the rest of them. So my assumption is that it's going to be Russ just because he was on the final three or four power plays, I think, for that team um, the other night on Saturday night. So Russ is the guy I'm assuming he's, he's is on the power play, but I'm still going to have Zucker in some lineups just in case um, A, he ends up on the power play. B, it just makes sense for, as part of the stack. Yeah, nice, nice little nugget there. Those are the kind of things that if you're playing a bunch of lineups – you make that play over the long term you make those edits and don't put in the wrong line combinations you're probably going to come out ahead in nhl dfs um so just be aware of that i'll try to get that fixed in the projections i'll make a note of that um because i usually just go all off what wherever we get a, uh wherever fc gets their lineups and then uh make some manual adjustments if need be uh, I'm not going to too much here on the Montreal side. The top line played well because they seemingly always play well. Um, they weren't very stout defensively, but I, I think they're going to have a tough time containing Crosby, Gensel, and Sheary again. Um, Sheary's picking up some ownership. So uh, right now I'm not overweight on um, either Pittsburgh line. I'm kind of uh, falling a little bit underweight just because they look to be really popular. Power play is another way to get somewhat different like they'll be one of the more power play, uh, they'll be one of the more popular power play stacks, but um, I think it makes sense here if you want to go with the full five man, throw in uh, Zucker or Rust, um, and then just hope for the onslaught here because if Carey Price has a bad game, um, Montreal's probably going to get smoked at least one game in this series. So Pittsburgh's got their power play working. Uh, Crosby and Malkin were both very aggressive. Um, Pretty scary to be underweight here, but that's where I'm at, um, unfortunately. And then I actually do have quite a bit of Montreal 1. And I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, I mean, I run some lineups with uh, correlated goalies, a lot of lineups with correlated goalies, and Price is coming up as a very good value. If he wins the game and Montreal scores three goals, I'm guessing Montreal 1 is, uh, is playing pretty well once again. So they're just cheap. 
they go well with price uh if you've got the stones to do that again um so really love gallagher at 5900 per usual uh don't love any of these other montreal lines and then i don't know do we need to mention like pittsburgh three mccann hornquist is that something you're interested in at all i mean i i think i have i have some one-off mccann and I honestly don't know why I have one off McCann. <laughs> like that's not something that I remember popping up a lot in my crunches from earlier in the season. But um, I have, I think I'm like 15% one off McCann. So I think I'm going with that. Um, I, I don't even hate it because the Montreal depth isn't very good defensively. Um, it's mainly the, the, the top line and possibly the second line that you have to worry about. So um I actually don't even hate um, one-offing Hornfist, even though we, we don't think he's going to be on the power player, or one-offing McCann, or one-offing Marlowe. Even Marlowe, you, you know, as bad as he is, it's just because that Mon- the Montreal third and fourth lines, the Montreal third pair, that's where they're really, really vulnerable to be attacked. Yep. All right. Uh, any defensemen we should mention here? Latang, obviously the top power play quarterback, but he's 6,800. Shea Weber's a guy that um, I think I'm going to get to in some one-offs. I'll probably get to um, in some of my Montreal one stacks correlates with uh, uh, Tatar and Gallagher on the power play. And then Petrie, was there something about him possibly getting suspended? Did he have an incident or something? I heard some incident with Petrie. Um, in the context, of um, the I haven't, Kachuk, I haven't so. seen anything. Okay. I mean, he he scored the game when he scored the overtime goal, so it's Maybe. not like he was kicked out. Okay, yeah, because I read it was just a headline. I didn't click on the article, but now I'm thinking about it after seeing his name. And um, so, don't listen to what I just said there. Petrie should be good to go. Forty three hundred. Um, ben Ben Sherrod is another guy I like. Uh, he played nearly twenty. He played almost twenty nine minutes the other night. Just two minutes less than Petrie in the overtime game. Um, he's pretty cheap. Uh, if I'm not, I think he's with Petrie on the second power play unit. Or is he by himself? Uh, we're showing. That Any, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, um, just you know, Sherrod will probably play 24 minutes here tonight, and a guy at his price range, you know, he could easily end up blocking three shots. And he's a guy that seems like he's turned it on offensively since he came to Montreal. He's trying to show a different dimension. So. I do have a little bit of one-off bench rod here tonight. Ben in chat asks, is Dumoulin okay as a random cheap D or are there better 3K defensemen? I like Dumoulin. I have some Dumoulin in my lineups here tonight. Um, so, you know, the thing, people try to, and I, like, I don't mean to say this because I know he's just asking a question, but once you get down to a defenseman that's about three, 3K on DraftKings, there isn't a whole lot separating them. Like, basically, you're just looking at, at that point. Are they A, in the lineup, B, going to get decent amounts of ice time? Mm-hmm. And with Dumoulin on the top pair with Latang, he's going to get a decent amount of ice time. So, I have no problem with him. Yeah. Maybe you get that block shot bonus, um, donk and assist. Like, all these guys are mostly the same. Every once in a while, there will be an egregiously priced guy that's going to play top power play or something. You find out um, after the salaries come out. But. For the most part, I think I agree with you. Just kind of spread out your exposure to uh, the cheap flyer defenseman like in Dumoulin's price range. All right, let's go to the last game of the night. Uh, quick before we do, if you guys, 142 of you, if you guys could hit the like button, that would help us out immensely. Um, we're doing this for free. Uh, and uh, just get excited that NHL DFS is back. So. Uh, 2.9 implied total for the Hawks, 3.2 for the Oilers. Corey Crawford and Miko Koskinen are your expected goalies here. I suppose they could go back to Smith. It's not like Koskinen lit the world on fire either, um, but he did, I, I guess, give him a chance after Smith was atrocious. Um, actually, I don't even know. Was he even that bad, or like was Edmonton that bad in front of him? I mean... Edmonton didn't play well. Let's let like that's something that I think people, you know, kind of like. I understand making fun of Smith. Don't get me wrong. I did that too, and especially it's because of the puck handling thing, right? Like one of the reasons why coaches always say they put Mike Smith in the lineup is because he can handle the puck. And while the first time he handles the puck, he caused the goal against, right? Um, it seems like that happens too much uh, for goalies. Like just don't play the puck, anyways. Um, 
I can't see them going back to Smith. I don't think he played as bad, but there was definitely at least two goals that I thought he should have had. I mean, the first one he directly caused against, and I think it was the fourth one. Anyways, um, I just can't see – how do you go back to him? He let him five goals and you pulled him. And you need to win three of the next four games to get to the playoffs. How do you possibly give Smith a second chance? You can't afford to go down 2 nothing here, so I'm assuming it's going to be costing it. Yep. Uh, Edmonton, pretty embarrassing loss. First round, as you mentioned. Um, do you think there's any chance they switch up lines here? Last game, um, you know, when things got down to the end, McDavid and Dreisaitl, we're going to see time together. I think it was McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Yamamoto saw a few shifts uh, maybe in the second or third period. Um, how, how are you treating this Edmonton game? Because we're not going to know. Like, we have no clue what the lines are going to be and might not even know going into the game. And even if we do know going into the game, they might not matter if they get down 2-0 again or 3-1 or something early, which certainly could happen. And it's the last game of the night. Like, everything else is going to be locked, right? So it's not like you're going to – if you swap, you're going to have to swap the players from the same team. Yeah. So um, the way I'm approaching it is I'm really focusing on – it's the Edmonton power play mm-hmm. that is doing it. For, like, I'm not I – I don't think I have any Zach Cassian. I'm, thir- I'm 30% Edmonton power play, 0% Zach Cassian today. Um, you say last game hurt me immensely. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, anyways, um, so I do have a lot of the Edmonton power play. And one of the reasons is because nobody plays Alex Chason. Like nobody plays him. He's always single digits when McDavid, McDavid will be 30% and Chason will be like five. I forget what he was the other day, but he was single. I I believe he's single digits. So he's a guy I put in, into a lot of, um, dry side on McDavid stacks just to get a little bit different. Um, I do, uh, I do have a lot of Edmonton. I'm going back to the Chicago too well on the Chicago side of things. Um, the Kubelik Taves side line is a good line, but the Nylander Strom Kane line I think is just as good, um, and they're going to get considerably less ownership. So I'm not stacking them as a three man unit. I'm doing a lot of like Strom and Kane plus Keith or Strom and Kane plus Taze or um, Kirby Doc and Kane and Keith. Like Kirby Doc is a guy I love in this game. Um, Third line center, 3,300, I believe. He played a ton of minutes in their first game. Like it was, he played more than, he played two more minutes than Taze in their first game. Um, He plays on the top power play unit. Um, So Kirby Doc, you know, I have a lot of like Doc and Taves with Kane and stuff like that. So, I'm focusing mainly, mainly, <laughs> mainly on the top two power play units uh, in this one because I feel like it, this is going to be a wildly popular game to pick from, um, and you're going to have to get a little bit different than just outright stacking, you know, uh, Dry Settle, McDavid, uh, Nugent Hopkins, or something like that. Yeah, and I know this game's popular, but I'm going to have a lot of ownership probably on both sides just to give myself late swap opportunities um so if you're around at 10 eastern and the lines come in and there's something funky on edmonton um or you need to swap off of them if something goes nuts uh or you completely miss on something in the early game like if you're a single lineup or uh, three entry guy if you miss on your stack early um you're probably going to want to swap off of the chalk edmonton here um to give yourself a chance at cashing or hail mary competing in a gpp something like that. So there's going to be a lot of ownership, but I think it makes sense to have a bunch of exposure here. Edmonton won uh, one of my favorite stacks, um, really the power play. Uh, so do what you want with Cassian. I'll play some uh, Cassian probably with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins just because maybe the game log watchers will uh, see that he had a zero. He's not actually that terrible of a DFS player. No, he's, he's, not, a, he's not a bad player. So 3,400, if he's going to get left off a ton, um, He's played with McDavid quite a bit, so I'm somewhat confident they keep him together, even if Nugent Hopkins... It, like, you know, I would love to see Edmonton go back to Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto. That line was legitimately one of the best lines in the NHL for a month straight, even when McDavid came back. But And that could happen, but I, you know, 
maybe they don't do it tonight. Um, Edmondson's not the sharpest uh, in anything, really. Um, I don't know. Edmonton makes all the sense in the world here, so I might get to them if I was playing just one lineup tonight. Certainly going to get to them playing at, at all stakes. Um, I think if they got this power play working again, um, they're going to smash Chicago, like what I was saying with the uh, the Montreal game. Um, if Pittsburgh's got it working, they're they're just going to take an L one or two games in this series, and I think that could be the case here for uh, for Edmonton. I like them over Chicago. Um, one stack I like for the Blackhawks. You mentioned Doc. I like Doc to Brinkat, and then one of Kane or uh, Ortez or Kubalik or something like that. Um, I think that's going to be a pretty low owned trio. You could throw in Keith if you'd like. Um, Chicago didn't look too bad in the first game. A lot better than what I what I gave him credit for. They have games like that though. Like it's, I don't think it's the experience. I just think that they're kind of all or nothing when they're um, when they're capitalizing on their chances because they're going to get them. When they're capitalizing, um, they look really scary. But I don't think they're going to keep that up. I mean. That was the thing heading into the series that I was surprised about the most was how little of a chance people were giving Chicago. Like they outscored Edmonton at five on five this year, flat out. Hmm. They were a better five on five scoring team than Edmonton was. And think about that when you think they had Leon Dreisaitl with 115 points and Connor McDavid with 101 or whatever it was or 102, and Chicago still outscored them at five on five. Like this isn't a bad offensive team. They're a bad defensive team. But they still allowed fewer goals after Christmas than Edmonton did. Like the, you know, they, like these teams aren't that far apart. Like I get it. There's Drysaddle. There's McDavid. Like these guys are great. These teams are pretty evenly matched. Like I don't. Edmonton has an edge. They should win this series, but it's not a massive edge. Yeah. Uh, with the top power play, you mentioned Chase on. I'm gonna limit my exposure. Otherwise, he always grades out as a good value for us. So you got. You could have hundred percent chase. Like on. you, just, yeah. I mean, that's like legitimately what you could have. Uh, points per dollar wise, he's gonna grade out really well. And if you do the power play stack, yeah, FC's just gonna throw in the twenty seven hundred dollar chase on because it works. Um, but just make sure you know what you're doing if you're just running crunches. Uh, you know, maybe get chase on in quite a few of those. Um, but I'm gonna try to limit his exposure so he's not. Uh, up near the top cleft bomb i'll take as much as i could possibly get he wasn't as aggressive as i would have liked to see in the first game but um just the edmonton power play looks to be in too good of a spot to avoid him uh mentioned keith i also don't mind connor murphy but his price is all of a sudden up to 4700 yeah i uh I somehow I ended up with I still I was doing my crunch before the show I still ended up with a lot of Connor Murphy and I I if you look at his ice time he only played a little bit less than Duncan Keith in the first game I believe mm-hmm. so you know maybe you could play him I'm definitely paring back um, how much Connor Murphy I have I'm not going to this slate with thirty percent Connor Murphy no. um, I but I think still like. Um, like earlier in the season, I think Ethan Bear is a guy that that gets really underrated. He's a very good puck mover. He's often on the ice um, with the top line. So if you're throwing in some, you know, McDavid, uh, you know, Nugent Hopkins or whatever, um, if you want to get a little bit different, having uh, Ethan Bear over Clefbaum is one way I would go. I like it. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this slate uh we are gonna have a 2:30 eastern lock i'm trying to get all these lock times uh correct 2:30 eastern on DraftKings. super draft our sponsor uh use promo code osmo 10 to get 10 bucks in super draft cash uh they're gonna start with this caps lightning game so they're gonna be a little bit shorter slate and then FanDuel is going to lock with the vegas dallas game so all over the place got locks all day Projections will be updated. Top stacks, uh, ownership projections. If you want a chance to uh, to get in on that for a discount, promo code NHL is back is how you get 50% off your first month of the NHL monthly pass. Um, if you want to purchase that and then buy FC, I think that's a great option. MME 
uh, or even 20 max in NHL DFS is really, really fun. It's tilting to play one lineup at times. So uh, add on FC after you purchase that. And then we've got the cheat sheets. We've got the player rankings and stack rankings are also free today. Appreciate you guys joining. Cliffy, any last words? Yeah, make sure you get some one-off Kirby Doc. Let's go, Kirby. All right, let's do it. We will see you guys back here. I'll be back tomorrow, and uh, we'll get Cliffy on a show soon here. Good luck tonight, guys. Good luck, everyone. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.